Good morning and welcome back to the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show, a podcast brought to you by the Livingston Parish News. This is Group Therapy, episode six of the 2022 season. I am back in the booth with my fellow editors here at the Livingston Parish News. This is the time once a week when we sit down to discuss what's going on in Livingston Parish. We're going to let them introduce themselves real quick, but first I guess I should introduce myself. My name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news, and today we're going to start on the viewer's left. Hey, this is Rob DeArmond, sports editor here at the Livingston Parish News. And this is David Gray, reporter, photographer with the Livingston Parish News. And also a lifestyle editor. Don't let Everything, him sell himself yeah. short. <laughs> he always Come tries. On, man. Put them all in there, man. That's too many. <laughs> too many titles. Yeah, a jack of all. Photographer fits, fits enough. There you go. Jack of all trades. Uh, so first and foremost, before we get into it with these two gentlemen, I do want to let folks know that Premier Credit here in Denham Springs is celebrating 25 in service slash business. They are a credit financing company. You can find them on Del Norte Drive near the post office, uh, in between the post office and Walmart on Range Avenue, or I guess you can say just off. They are offering a giveaway as a celebration of 25 years in business. It is uh, the full full fixings for a crawfish boil. They're giving the boiler, uh, they're giving away a propane tank, they're giving away the pot, 35 pounds of crawfish, uh, an igloo chest, as well as crawfish trays. All you have to do is go find the rules on their Facebook page or visit their location on Daryl Norte Drive. So congratulations to Premier Credit on 25 years in business. Mr. Gray, we're not going to tell you who it is yet, but he's going to be covering another business here in the next couple of weeks. It's been in, they've been around a while. Yes. 90 years to be exact. So be looking forward to that. So let's jump into the rest of the show real quick. We're going to start with Mr. David. And uh, we're going to talk, we're going to go ahead and get this news out of the way. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Miss Cynthia Perkins has been sentenced. And mm-hmm. so now uh, Melanie Curtin's still kind of in the mix, but now we look to Denny in May. Yeah, so uh, last week we talked about that uh, Ms. Cynthia had accepted a plea deal with the with the Attorney General's office uh, in exchange for testifying against her ex-husband Dennis Perkins, a former sheriff's lieutenant. Uh, together, if you recall, they were all they were together. Those two were charged with 150 counts, uh, um, you know, first degree rape, producing child pornography, obscenity, video voyeurism, sexual battery of a child. That's just a few of them. Uh, they were they faced those uh, 150 together. Then the judge ruled in favor of a severance, so they were going to be tried separately. Last week on Valentine's Day, uh, Cynthia Perkins's trial was supposed to start with jury selection. We were in the courthouse for you know three or four hours while her attorneys in the attorney general's office kind of worked out this plea deal, and she ended up pleading guilty to three crimes: uh, second degree rape. Uh, uh, God, I can't remember the other one. I'm trying to look it up right now. But uh, she pled guilty to three three crimes, including second degree rape, which was the which was the uh, worst one. And for that one, she'll basically have to serve 41 years. The last one, she is eligible for parole, but she will have to serve those first 40 years. Uh, so that she was officially sentenced on Friday. That was after we did our last week's podcast, and you got to hear testimony from or not testimony, excuse me, uh, impact statements from. Her, her family, uh, who tried to paint her as also a victim of Dennis Perkins. That was one of the things her parents, uh, both of them spoke. That was very emotional, uh, as you can imagine. Her parents were in tears. She was in tears. Uh, you know, they kind of talked about how she was just this cheerful person until she met Dennis Perkins. And that was uh, where her life changed for the worst, they said. But 
on the other hand, you had impact statements from uh, from people who who believe that she was culpable in these crimes, that she did have a hand in them more than just being uh, a victim herself. One called her Dennis Perkins' huntress, like, uh, you know, painting her as equally culpable in those crimes. And, uh, you know, we read some of the, uh, one of the uh, victim's fathers read a statement prepared and, uh, you know, it was just kind of gut-wrenching hearing hearing what was said in that courtroom uh, that day. But like I said, now all the attention is turned to Dennis, which child I believe is May 15th. I think it's when it starts. Uh, we'll have something coming out soon, just kind of a refresher on everything. It's been a while since we just focused on Mr. Perkins, but uh, but now all attention is being turned toward that. Speaking of attention, for the past two years, uh, as of this March, actually, uh, we will have been surrounded by COVID. Yes. Uh, recently, the public health emergency is staying in place, uh, just in case I suppose we have another surge. But as of now, most required mitigation efforts uh, have been done away with. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that was uh, that was the governor's newest proclamation last week. Uh, he said he's still continuing the public health emergency, but there are pretty much no mitigation measures. I mean, and we've, been under mitigation measures for the most part since March of 2020. So yeah, almost two whole years of you know, restrictions, and sometimes they got a little confusing. Uh, but but now we've kind of really come down from this Omicron surge. Uh, you know, at one point we were at 20, almost 2,400 hospitalizations during this surge, and now we're at 701. Mm -hmm. Last I checked. Uh, so, I mean, it's gone down a lot in the last several weeks. It never reached the what it was during the Delta surge, but, I mean, that's only because the this variant was thankfully a little less harmful to people than the Delta variant was, or else, you know, it would have, if it was as harmful, it would have overwhelmed the hospitals. Now, deaths are still pretty high because that's always the lagging indicator with COVID, uh, cases rise and percent positivity then hospitalizations, and then deaths are always the last one to fall off. So they still remain high. Uh, I know Livsa Parish reported a death for the last, like, you know, four or five days. Um, but, but yeah, so, I mean, now we are done. I mean, and Governor said, you know, we have more tools now than we did in March of 2020 when, you know, he issued a stay-at-home order, if we can all remember what that was like. Um, so, yeah, things are a lot different now. Things look to be a lot better now. We'll see, you know. And he's even said this proclamation might not even make it till the end, which is, I think, March 16th. I can't remember the exact date, but the middle of March when this current proclamation ends. And who knows, maybe he does away with it completely before then. But um, but as of right now, yeah, we have a, we have the public health emergency, but there are no mitigation measures as of this moment. Speaking of no mitigation efforts or measures, uh, a lot of Mardi Gras this yeah. weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I was in Denham. Uh, you were in uh, down in Tickfall. Yes, for their parade. Uh, I will say the the Denham parade. It was packed. People clearly yeah. wanted to be outside. They were ready uh, for this to be back. Uh, of course, Mardi Gras of 2020 got in right before COVID, and and you know as we discussed, uh, I believe they're finally starting to go ahead and publicly accept that that was probably one of the reasons Louisiana got hit hardest. Yeah, uh, right there at the beginning. 
and uh, missed it last year. So this year, I think everybody was ready to get out. Yeah. So yeah. I will say, uh, from my perspective, the denim parade was uh, packed with people and packed with floats, mm. jeeps. I didn't see any bands, uh, which was interesting. They didn't have the march band out there? No. Okay. That no, was very weird. Okay. Uh, but otherwise, great parade. Yeah. Uh, how was yours? Uh, mine was fine. I mean, mine's a little different than yours because I was at the Crew of Tick Falls Parade, which is a boat parade. Right. So uh, you're not going to get those big crowds. I mean, they have a few... Um, they have a few areas, like some of the uh, bars and marinas, like Boo Blues. That's a pretty uh, popular spot. Uh, Warsaw Marina is another one. They have a few par- uh, areas that uh, get some people to congregate together. But uh, for the most part, at when I'm covering this parade, I'm going from boathouse to boathouse, kind of. Uh, sure. You know, I've uh, developed, uh, luckily, the uh, organizer of the Tickball uh, Parade, Miss Christina Pierce, uh, you know, I've developed a good relationship with her where she'll, you know, she has a few friends along the parade route who will, uh, who they allow me to come to their home, stand on their deck, get photos. So I'm always appreciative of that. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of how mine is. But I mean, but even though, you know, I don't have the the crowds that you have, I mean, those house parties, uh, they look pretty lively. I mean, they, you know, they, they have the, they have the food, drink, I mean, you know, bands playing. So, I mean, those, those people are having a, a, just as good a time and probably, I mean, for someone like me who doesn't really like big crowds, probably more fun time like the, for for me. But um, but yeah. So I mean, it was we got some great photos. They had a big parade too. Uh, there was more than there was well over thirty boats in this parade, um, and they were raising money for the Springfield Fire Department, uh, Fire Protection District Two, which covers you know Springfield, Albany, Coya, all those uh you know areas on the east side of the parish, and to do a lot for the community and. So they were raising money for them. They always have an organization that they're trying to raise money for. So um, haven't heard back. Uh, she said they're still trying to pay out all the bills and stuff, but uh, should you know get a few thousand dollars for the fire department there. And that is a good reason to have a parade, uh, helping out your community. So thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. We're going to jump over to Rob. Rob, let's start with... Uh, uh, I think let's go ahead and mention real quick uh, powerlifting. Holden's hosting a a, a meet, correct? The, a big one. The, yeah, this is the girls' East Regional meet. I talked with uh, Coach White this morning, David White at Holden. <clears throat> this is easily going to be the biggest meet they've ever hosted. Um, it, what happened? Uh, Denham hosted the boys East Regional. They used to host them together, and uh, Coach Joe Ryan at, at Denham, who's also the uh, the president of the uh, coaches' association for powerlifting, uh, he said what they decided to do was split them up. So Denham hosted the boys last week. Uh, Holden's going to get the girls this week. And uh, like I said, there's going to be, I, I think uh, Coach White told me, uh, eight state champions are going to be there, individual state champions. So there's a lot to look out for. Uh, and, you know, the, the whole goal is to to get these kids qualified for the state meet in a couple of weeks. Cool. So uh, powerlifting news. Very interesting. Yeah. I'm going to head out there, man. No, see no, what's okay. going on. Uh, they always they, yeah. they throw a good party. It, no, it's 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 really good. I I was able to uh, go go talk with Coach Ryan over the weekend, uh, and and as we're we're driving as we left the house uh, from Hammond, my wife came with me, and we realized that the uh, the staging area is at Denham Springs High, uh, where we were headed to for the parade. So uh, asked Joe how that was going. So he said they started months in advance, telling people to take different routes and hey, don't go here, don't go here. So. Clearly, he was ready. It's one of the he, he's prepared, man. Yeah, 
So moving into, uh, you know, that's postseason powerlifting. Let's talk about postseason basketball. We're uh, well in the full swing with the girls, and I believe the boys are tipping off tomorrow night. Uh, starting tomorrow night, yeah. Okay, let's start with the girls. Uh, girls, we got three teams left. Uh, number one seed, Walker, in 5A, uh, and they'll be hosting West Monroe tomorrow night. Uh, Albany is number three in 3A, and uh, Holden is, uh, I believe, number six in Class B, uh, and they'll be going, uh, let's make sure, uh, Florine, which is a team they played. Uh, Coach Forbes has said that's a, a team we played uh, multiple times. That's pretty much who who we have to go through every year maybe to get to where we need to be. So, uh, and they probably think the same thing about Holden. Yes, exactly, exactly. Because we, we, were, we were talking this morning, and she's kind of like, you can go back, you know, 20, 25 years, and, and that's when it kind of started uh, for them. But, uh, yeah, and talking to all the coaches this morning, it was kind of like, uh, hey, it's business as usual. We're not getting – too caught up in in what's ahead of us and and uh obviously if they uh a win thursday night for e- any of those teams puts them in the state tournament next week in hammond um for uh you know walker you, you look at that record and everything and and when i talk to coach arnold there's always stuff to work on he said we didn't shoot the ball too well the other night so that's what we've been working on uh for all many uh their game, their uh, their game the other night. Uh, they're playing at Baker Middle, and there's about two minutes left in the first half, uh, and they had to stop the game because of condensation on the floor. So they pick up and move to Scotlandville. Luckily, Scotlandville was open, able to accommodate them. Uh, but there's about uh, almost an hour and a half where you know they're going in between. They haven't played, then they pick, they pick up at a new gym, play again. So. Uh, like I told Coach DeRoos, after you go through that, uh, everything else is going to be a piece of cake on this. So, uh, you know, but that's just one of those things that you, you don't, you know, like I told her, they, they don't prepare you for that when you go to, when you learn how to coach and everything. That's one of those things that's not there. It's not in any kind of manual. You just kind of adjust. and You uh, learn with experience, right? Well, I mean, she was funny. She said, I think we played better at Scotlandville than we did at Baker when they moved gyms on us. So, you know, it's uh, one of those deals. Um and then for Holden, uh, you know, uh, David and I were there. They won by 20 over, over Lacassine. And uh, uh, Coach Forbes, so they're, you know, she said, doesn't say it often, but uh, they're, uh, they're going to be a challenge for anybody in Class B, she thinks. And that's not, so she doesn't normally go and say those things. So uh, when, when, when she does, you, you know, she's got to have a whole, whole lot of confidence in her team. Sure. So, uh, and of course, unfortunately, uh, and we're not going to spend too much time on it, we had a couple of teams get knocked out that same night uh, and a couple of tough losses, uh, uh, some big, some some very lopsided losses. Uh, moving on to the boys' side, uh, we have eight of nine, eight. I believe. It's just, just like in the girls' side. And uh, we have two familiar foes who are going to be tipping it off for us uh, tomorrow night on Thursday. Tell us about that. Uh, it's uh, one of those things I called uh, call Coach Kennedy at Doyle just to talk to him about uh, what was going on. And at that point, uh, the brackets had just been released. He didn't know who he was facing, so he's kind of like, who do I have? I said, uh, well, you know him pretty well. Uh, you are uh, you got Springfield. So Doyle will be hosting Springfield. Uh, Doyle got the 15 seed. Springfield's number 18. They split the season series. Uh, you know, when I talked to – Coach Kennedy about it. Uh, it wasn't too thrilled about having to play a district opponent because, uh, you know, the way he put it, it was you're you're going to knock out a district uh, foe and and you don't want to do that. You want to see is see who can who can get the furthest and and he wasn't too uh, too happy. Uh, Coach Dreyer at, at Springfield, Coach Billy Dreyer was kind of uh, 
kind of looked at it uh, in a different way. He said, uh, for you know, he said if we win, hey, we get a home playoff game in the second round, and and you know, if we lose, that's the end of the season. So he's he kind of had a different outlook on it. Uh, uh, French Settlement it was at number six. They're the highest seed uh, in the parish, uh, and they will host Sarah T. Reed, which is number twenty-seven. Uh, in three A, Albany picked up a number twenty-five seed. They're going to go to Sophie B. Wright. Uh, different thing about this, they're having a one one o'clock tip tip off on Friday, so it's to try to avoid some of the parade traffic uh, gotcha. down in New Orleans. So that was it. Was uh, talk, talking to Coach Carter? That was something that was kind of beneficial for for both teams. So um, they're they're going to go ahead and one o'clock tip off just to let you guys know. So. Yeah, keep that in mind. <laughs> keep it in mind. Yeah, you, you saw it. I saw it, and I, I had to ask him about it. But uh, um, Walker in 5A is number seven. They'll host Pineville. Uh, Live Oak is number 27 seed. They will go to number six, Captain Shreve. And uh, Denham Springs picked up the number 25 seed in 5A and will go to number eight, uh, Natchitoches Central. Uh, they played Natchitoches Central a few years back and went up there, and I remember covering that game and just uh, – you know, for for everybody, it's a you know, like I tell them, once you get once you get in, stuff happens. So uh, the, the whole deal is getting in, and uh, the parish has eight teams in there in the boys' uh, bracket. Wow. Well, it, usually it's basketball and baseball, softball. That's uh, those are the busy times when it comes to playoffs. It was there are just yeah. so many teams. You're just oh, and look, look I can't forget holding two. They got a buy. They they got a number eight seed. That's uh. You know what? I think their highest seed in, in twenty or more years uh, going into the playoffs. So um, they they they're just uh, and and it's not to forget them. It's just they're down in, down here on the the I guess the bottom of my notebook and it, it's uh but you can't forget them. That's a that's a good position for them. Um, yeah, playoff time, man. It, it is upon us. We're right. crossing over. But last and certainly not least, uh, you were out at Walker yesterday, complete with video boards, which I'm sure is interesting. Uh, but they they hit a lot of bombs and ended up uh, ten run ruling at Mount Carmel. Yes, uh, and that would have been through six. Yes, six innings. Uh, just they they get rolling here. Uh, Kara Jones gets a grand slam in uh, the first, and then later hits a two run shot almost to the exact same spot. Uh, you heard McHugh say it. There's there's video boards out there now at the at Randy Bradshaw Field out there at in Walker. Uh, they were the 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 home runs hit. Almost identical spots. I was kind of picking with Kara. Just are, are you trying to break the new video boards or what? So, but uh, uh, look pretty good. Uh, Laney Bailey and uh, Ryan Checksider combined on a three hitter. Uh, you know, Walker Walker looked pretty good. I think. And talking to Coach uh, Westmoreland after the game, uh, she just said they're going to have to take care of little things to be successful, and that's what they were able to do yesterday. And pretty big things. Uh, yeah, grand slams are yeah. not little that's, things. That's you know, that, and that that goes you know, and they're they're looking to hit good, you know, looking for good pitches, and that's exactly what they did. You know, it's just like you you talk to to the players, and and they, they kind of uh, echoed what the coach said, which is uh, you know, that's a pretty good sign of everything. Everybody's on the same page there. Gotcha. So, all right, gentlemen. Well, we uh, we anything before we roll out we gotta uh i think uh, congratulate coach caballero yes. at, at denham springs he hit uh 300 wins uh against live oak uh if you guys had a chance um and i'll i'll, I'll just let you know i did not make this game because my daughter was riding in the, the hammond mardi gras parade so i did not go but if you get a chance go look at some of these pictures of of the the gym uh friday night at denham springs it, it's uh kind of what high school basketball is all about it was packed 
rivalry game, and uh, you know, Coach Cab gets his 300th win uh, against uh, Coach McGee at at uh, Live Oak, which I I kind of asked him about that, and he said it's one of those things where it's it's kind of bittersweet because you don't like going up against your friends and. You don't like beating your friends. It's one of those things where he said, if somebody tells you have a good day, that means I had a good day and my friend didn't. So that's, uh, you know, one of those deals. But uh, had a really good conversation with Coach Cab, who, you know, he, he got out of coaching for a little while. Then he went and coached on the, the college level uh, at Louisiana Tech, and he's able to come back. And, I, you know, I asked him, what what's the biggest difference there going from college coming back? And he's like, you just kind of take things for granted. Like, okay, that shot's going to fall. Or we know what we're gonna we're gonna move, and he he also brought up that uh, it helps when you have a guy like a former NBA player Paul Millsap on your team. <laughs> makes sure. it makes it a little bit easier, but it it kind of put things in perspective Warmer. for him. Still playing? He's still in there. Yeah, he just got traded. See to uh, to New Jersey, I believe. He's still doing yeah. it, man. That's great. David, our resident. NBA yeah, I guy. should ask David first. So yeah, and no, I, excuse me, Philadelphia. He got traded. That's, that's great, that man. Trade that uh, got James Harden to the Sixers. That's great. Yeah, well, yeah I'll just I'll just say yeah, you guys know that my my focus is on here at, at, with the preps, and I don't really get. Yeah, no, his I re, his sports I, focus I really is here. Don't. Mine is in the NBA. Yeah, so, so there you go. go. Thank you, David. Man, and I, I watch the NFL and pro baseball. So there so, you have it. I'm still you bitter. Won't, I'm won't be watching this year. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say still bitter. Uh, first tweet I always go. Uh, my wife and I after the Super Bowl is pit, the date for pitchers and catchers reporting, and we don't have that yet. And I, I'm not. I'm. It's okay. I'm not bitter. I'm not. I'm not bitter. Not yet. Yeah. Keep telling yourself that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, squabbles over millions of dollars. Ugh. Well, you know, uh, real quick, I'm going to pontificate a little bit. Sure. How are you going to have this squabble this year after the NFL had one of the most watched Super Bowls in six years? One of the best ones, too, in quite a while. I, I just don't get it. Like, sometimes you got to look around. you got to read the room. You know, and every time they have these arguments, MLB suffers for years. They got problems. Anyway, all right. Oh, I mean, it took them a while to come back from it last time this this happened. You yeah, know? it, it yeah. wasn't. It, it took wasn't what, four or five years. Yeah, it wasn't an automatic thing here too. So <laughs> that Super Bowl too. I'll just put it to you this way: that was, I think, the first one in the history of the ones I've watched. I did not take a bathroom break, so I, I didn't get up at all. Even during the halftime show. Even during, I couldn't miss halftime. Well, I, I mean, the show was amazing. I gotta say, couldn't miss Sorry. halftime. All right, well, uh, y'all got a little bit of land yet today. Yeah, a little extra. A little pontification here. Uh, Went off the rails so a little bit. I, I will apologize for going off the rails. We're going to let these uh, guys introduce themselves, and we're going to start on the viewer's right. Hey, this is David Gray, reporter and photographer with the Livingston Parish News. Hey, this is Rob DeArmond, sports editor with the Livingston Parish News. And my name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. Appreciate you guys out there joining us for the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show. This is group therapy. It's a time when I get to sit down with these two gentlemen. We talk about what's going on in Livingston Parish. I uh, want to remind folks that we are on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. We are once a week in print on Thursdays at $7 a month to get that in your mailbox. We're also online, www.livingstonparishnews.com. We do hope you have a great day, and we will see you next time.